G'day guys and girls and welcome back to the second part of this round 11 wrap up podcast for the extended bench. I'm back here with Brody and we're going to dive straight into the remaining Sunday games. Now the first game on Sunday morning that was St Kilda versus Port Adelaide over in China. I don't even really want to talk about this game. Do we have to talk about this game? We can talk about it very quickly. (laughs) Because... I mean, this was just an absolute smoking. There was, I mean, Travis Boak has been great all year. Dersma has been exceptional as a rookie. He has been fantastic. I, I know he's got the buy this week, but I'm holding. There's yeah. No he's question. He's gone in 84 in his last five. Yeah. So I don't really see any reason why you'd want to trade that out at this point. It's yeah. better than some so-called primos. So. I know, right? <laughs> um and, uh, you know, some of the other players are draft guys there uh, from a, a Port Adelaide point of view. Leeds. Rocky missing with um, yeah, injury. He'll be back. Uh, uh, 100%. I mean, for people that held him would be very happy knowing that he'll come back and help with the round 13 and 14 of the buys. Otherwise, you can bring him in. Yeah, the weird one for me is Jared Leanett, who's put up like a, a big month. Like, yeah. I don't brain him at all. I don't think there's any talent there. But... No, he's, he's just that perfect... You know, role player, that yeah. halfback guy who's always going to get cheap little dinky plus sixes. Um, but quite often he finds himself in and out of the team because yeah. there are better runners in the uh, sandfall or someone better suited for, for that position who has a little bit more flexibility than him. Maybe a, a more hard lockdown defender. But yeah, for the moment, while he's playing, he's a draft player for sure. No yep. question. Um, Bobby Gray, is there any interest after his buy round finishes? No, not he's really. He's mid two weeks. Yeah. We know what he does when he plays midfield. Uh, from memory, uh, he moved a little bit more into the midfield, particularly when Rocky was sort of off with the hamstring mm. uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's played midfield this week, obviously, as well, uh, because Rocky isn't there. Yeah. If Rocky come, when Rocky comes back, I'd be interested to see. I, I need one more week of it. I want I want them both in the side and see what happens. And if he's playing mid again, I'm getting him straight into my side in round 14. Yep. Because he is too good a player when he's in the midfield. But... If you already own Zebel, do you really want the roller coaster of two players in the forward line yeah. who at any moment could go 60 up forward? That's a lot of them. It's dusty. The Walters you discussed. Yeah. Um, the other one, sorry, Brad Eberts to come back to. Yeah, which good point. Could hurt Robbie Gray's midfield minutes, but it, it could. Is but Brad Eberts pl- was playing up forward and he yeah. was scoring well up forward, so maybe that would help. It'd be, I'd, I'd want to see them all on the one side, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to talk about St Kilda for an even shorter period of time because it's just a garbage fire at the moment at St Kilda. It's awful to watch. Uh, Rowan Marshall, 126, was terrific and has been terrific all year. He's going to be one of the better ruckmen for keeper leagues going forward. He just looks awesome. The tackling, uh, getting around the ground, taking marks, he's fantastic. Better game from Jade Gresham and Jack Nunes this week. But then it just drops off, and it's just awful. You know, Jack Steele was 76. That's not what we expected at the start of the year. Billings with a 64. That's the second 60 in a row he's put up. Do you want to... Is this your time for a rant? If I... I mean, I mentioned last week, if he does it again against an easy team, I would trade him out. I desperately want to trade him out. I just... I, I can't this week. I've got too many other rookies to make up. You know, to get out of my side, players like Drew, players like Hayes, Lockhart, Hoare, those sorts of guys, they need to go before you start moving on players like Billings. Uh, you need to make some cash from these guys, upgrade one of them as well, improve your side. Hopefully, Billings comes back better. I know he was sick, but come on, back-to-back 60s, you're supposed to be a premium forward. Yeah, that's my excuse is <sighs> Billings... He did get 64, and Savage only got 54, and they were both meant to be ill. So, yeah. 
Hopefully that's the reason why they did a bit worse this week. If this continues, he's got to go, but I would be holding Billings. I don't think yeah. you know, the alternative options are that much better than no, him. They're or... not that much more enticing, are no, they? No, they're not. Um, and just uh, for owners of Robbie Young, he had a little bit of an injury at some stage in the game. I think he got a bit of a cut above his right eye, so he was off for a lot of the second quarter. But there's a solid chance he misses out on team selection Uh because he is he on his bye this week, St Kilda? Yeah, they are. When he comes back in round 13, there's a solid chance that he misses out on team selection. So just factor that in. Make sure that you're well aware that he may not play in round 13. Uh, next game was Essendon versus Carlton. I mean, this was also just a horror show. This was awful to watch on telly. Um, I mean, do we really t- have to take these scores seriously from Essendon? There were so many players score over the ton. Guelphie... Tunda, Merritt, Parrish, McGrath, Dylan Clark, Hurley, Heppel, Kale Hooker with 116. I, I think a lot of those you have to take with a grain of salt. We know what Merritt can do, and he's looking the goods this year. Parrish has been really good over the past few weeks. That's an interesting one to take note of. I think um, Parrish's uptick in scores has been because Devin Smith has mm-hmm. been ruled out for the year. Yep. And Dylan Shield missed this week. So he actually got midfield time, and he can score well as a midfielder. Mm-hmm. The worry with him is I think there's probably four midfielders on their list which are better than him or, mm-hmm. or, or that sort. So he, he could, for the rest of the year, I think, be a good draft guy yep. with um, with Devin Smith gone for the whole year. That interests me a little. If I'm a contending team, if I'm someone who looks at his average in a draft league, only sees like high 70s, you could get better return on value than mm-hmm. that if you trade for him now. Absolutely. So, But I wouldn't get carried away from two goals and a 105 against Carlton. No, neither would I. So uh, it's He's had a couple of hundreds, though, in the past weeks as well. Yeah. So he's, he's not been too bad over the past month. Um, yeah, and again, we, we don't take too much of this seriously. Carlton were woeful in this game. They put up almost no effort. Matty Cruiser was the only one to, cop, uh, to crack the tongue with 122. If they didn't have Cruiser, they would have lost by 100 points. There's no question about about that at all. Um, SPS was good before getting injured. He actually, he's one of the few shining lights at the moment for Carlton, uh, along with players like Sam Walsh, who clearly is going to be one of the better players in the comp going forward. Um, Paddy Cripps was, jeez, oh, do I need to give you time to talk about Cripps as well? <laughs> Are you... Nope. <laughs> I have no desire to talk about that. Well, I'm you, sure we'll get questions on yeah, Crips anyway. In, but in, yeah, in, sal- in salary cap, it's hard to tell whether you get rid of him or you, you hold on to he's him. He's got around home. 14 buy. I, I don't feel like you have the ability to. It, it's a different story if he, that buy was coming earlier. And yeah. the, the problem if is... If he had the round 12 buy, I would trade him. He's going to drop 50k before that round 14 mm-hmm. buy. I just don't think you have a better option. You you have to hold him, take the two scores, and then let's figure out what to do with him then. I think it's... The tried and tested rule is don't trade your premiums. Yep. And I genuinely think that he's a gun still, so mm-hmm. I don't really have the intention of trading him. I will be holding. Yep. I understand if you trade him. Mm-hmm. And but- it's happened a couple of times this year where players have played with a massive break-even, 150s or 160s. Whitfield and Canelio have come out and smashed those break-evens. There is a chance, I know it's a small one, but Cripps could come out and go 120-plus easily next week. So 
you would rather have that in your buy structure than trade him out um, and and waste one of those trades True. you could be using to improve your yep. side. And he was restrained by Dylan Clark. So, <laughs> Clearly the premier tagger of the competition. Thank you very much. I'm glad you can acknowledge that. So, Christian, I've got a little question for you. As someone who has been, I guess, the biggest advocate of Ryan Clark. <laughs> Who's the best Clark? We're not having a Clark. I'm, I'm actually asking, who would you prefer in a keeper league right now? I would prefer Ryan Clark. Really? Yeah. Uh, see, I'd refer prefer the guy who's averaging 109 this year <laughs> over the guy who's averaging in the 40s <laughs> but that's just me you know like, oh that's that, that you and your numbers skewing the argument here but mate. like Ryan Clark what's he done why is he on nah, your he's, he's, he's very very quickly leaning towards being off of my list so there's there's nothing on the on our waiver list that is enticing me to pick them up I just I find it funny that you say very very quickly like hasn't he done enough like he scored 28 this week playing midfield like that's yeah, not yeah it's not good it's not good it's ugly it's uh, just, <laughs> I'm just I'm sticking fat with him mate. as ugly as this game yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the last game of the round which was the Eagles versus the Bulldogs it was really close for a half, and then it just wasn't. It was absolutely blown out of the water in the third quarter there. Gaff, 123, absolute gun. You need him in your side by the end of the year. But keep in mind, at the moment, you are bringing him in at top dollar. He is 800,000 plus. Genuinely believe he's the number one mid, though. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so I feel like you're probably paying this at whatever point. Yeah, and when we say number one mid, obviously we're talking about from a fantasy point of view, not from from an AFL point of view. No, no. Uh, but from a fantasy point of view, he's just so consistent. Um, a lot of Victorian pundits seem to say, "Oh, you know, he he scores lower away." He doesn't score as much as he does at home. It's like, yeah, but he's still scoring 110 at away games, mm-hmm. and then he's going 125 plus at home games. It's ridiculous. Um, Darling had a good week this week. Don't look into that. He's been awful this year. Um, same with Jake Waterman. He's a rookie and scored three goals in the span of like a minute and a half. So, yeah, that's not going to happen every week. And a little bit of a, a downer from the West Coast side uh, after that. You know, Dom Sheed only had 85. Shuey, 97 after having incredible games last week against Adelaide. Um, Redden was down two with an 82. And Yo also with an 80. We... <sighs> It's tough. I really backed in Yo last week, and Matt as well. We, we both said that Yo was a terrific pickup. He was 750k. We thought he'd keep going with those tackles, but I think he only had three this week. Yeah, um, I'm not on the Yo train yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that I if thought- you look at his scores, the monster scores were against weak opposition, mm-hmm. and they, he needed massive tackle numbers to do it. He did. He could, like, at the end of last year, he was so, so, so good mm-hmm. that if he gets back to that form or... And I can see why you would bring him in as a result of that, so yep. I get it. I just don't have that confidence in him yet, given how inconsistent... West Coast midfield has been bar gaff this mm-hmm. year. So yeah, um, just as a, uh, a heads up there for Shannon Hearn owners, I'm keeping Shannon Hearn this week. I, I own him. Uh, Might the- want to check the injury list. Yeah, so he's listed as two to three. So oh, he's he's. Uh, he's sort of been given a two-week injury, and then Adam Simpson said, oh, it might be two to three. I think that's being a bit conservative there. I think that he will miss this week, for sure. There's no way he's playing against Sydney. He's got the bye in round 13, so he wasn't going to be playing anyway. And then I think he's back for the home game following the bye. So it's it's a one-week hold, essentially. No, I wouldn't be doing it. No, I'm, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still holding him, because I'd rather get... 
Hoare, Lockhart, particularly if they're both injured out of my side, who are going to be doing the exact same thing anyway, and they're rookies and they've made their money. Same with Drew, who's on his bye this week and not guaranteed to actually get back into the team. Mm -hmm. I would be... uh, Hayes as well, who's in the exact same situation as Drew. I would move on all four of those rookies if if you're out the team. If if someone is out the team, I would be moving them ahead ahead of Shannon Hearn. Exactly. But given... How difficult it will be to get a starting eighteen. I mean, you really need a starting twenty to be super competitive yeah. if you want to move up the ranks. You got to move him. But if you are prioritizing league wins, mm-hmm. you can you can potentially hold him because yeah. he's going to be a top six defender. I suppose the argument is if you are fielding eighteen this week with Hearn being held on the bench, you can do that. If you are fielding only sixteen or seventeen and you need to get those numbers up you have to trade Hearn. Is that what you're sort of saying there? I mean, I'd be probably trading him regardless. Yeah, like if, if I was focusing on ranking or league, like I needed to win these matchups, yep. I would be trading him because yeah. you have an additional donut for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a guaranteed. You potentially have an additional two. So even if you have someone covering, it's going to be probably someone scoring about 50. True. Well, I mean, realistically, I've got Stack coming off of my bench and, fit and playing. You're Hearn. the outlier, though. Most yeah, so people that, that, have a, an Answorth, a Hinge, a Ryan Gardner, which is like, tough. Yeah. yeah. So I, I still think that Hearn is, is a good option to keep. I suppose it also depends if you're holding players like Rocky and hoping that they come back. And you know, you can't be holding too many of these guys. So. Look, I'm, I'm on the hold side. You're on the trade side. We've got three trades over this buy period. So for me, I have no issue with trading Hearn. Fair if enough. that's necessary for your buy structure, that's what you've got to look at, number one. Okay, we'll touch on the Bulldogs as well. So Josh Dunkley, I mean, he's playing the right role now, which is awesome. Why couldn't he do this at the start of the year when we all had him in our teams? It pisses me off. A lot of people would have brought him in recently again. Uh, I unfortunately wasn't one of those people, so I'm going to have to bring him in overpriced after his buy. Um, he's not overpriced based on what he's doing. No, he's, he's 700k basically. He's worth it. So like, he's, he's absolutely just... worth it. But you know, you could have got him for almost 600k, 100 yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So I will uh, ne- next week when he comes back after the buy, he might be someone that I upgrade like a uh, one of my last forwards. He'd to. be one of my yeah. He'd be a priority for mm-hmm. me if I didn't have him. I'll be doing whatever I can to get him. He'll bring him into the midfield and you can use him as a DPP switch across the buys, which is a huge value. So, um, yeah, you need someone like Dunkley in your team. He's absolutely in the top forwards if he's playing that midfield role. Beveridge, come on, mate. We've got our fingers crossed. Just keep him in there, seriously. Uh, Caleb Daniel was great again, so owners would be ecstatic with that. Uh, Liberatore was better. Bontempelli, eh, just sort of chugging along. I've got Bontempelli in my salary cap side. I know Matt does as well. He's just sort of scoring averagely. I can't justify getting rid of him this quickly, but I know that he's not in the top eight midfielders, so you need to move him on at some stage in the year. However, he's got the buy in round 12, so he's going to play for the rest of the yeah. the buy. So you need to keep him in for at least that long. Lockie Hunter was the one. I'm that sorry, can I stop you there? You've, yeah, yeah. you've glossed over a 95 averaging forward in the last month. Who are we talking about? Sam, Sam Lloyd. Lloyd. No, just no. Well, you got to give me an argument as to why. He's averaging 95 over the last month. He's Sam Lloyd and he plays for Luke Beveridge. That's my argument. That is my argument. The fact that... make a compelling case. <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know how to justify bringing Sam Lloyd into a salary cap team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Oh, if, no, he's, no. if he was a, 
available on a waiver list in a draft league and you picked him up, well done. If he's still out there on a draft list, go and pick him up because he is doing so well at the moment. But in salary cap, I've heard some people say great POD, averaging 95 oh, no, last it's not. month. No, it's really not. But no. no I was being facetious. It's Don't get Sam Boyd. Don't fall into that trap. <laughs> yeah. Like, do not do it. Leading the listeners astray, Brody. Um, I was just about to say, Lockie Hunter was the one that Hutchings went to, which was an interesting thing to see. Um, and he tagged him to 80 points. I think that was because Hunter had an amazing first quarter. Mm. He was everywhere and was really instrumental in the dogs getting off to that hot start. Okay. And I think Hutchings then went to him because he had like eight touches halfway through the first quarter. Oh, shit. So yeah. that so was, was kind of the reason, yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I remember him playing on Bontempelli at, at the center bounce, the first center bounce, and thought, right, this is going to be a tough day for the Bont, but... Yeah, obviously, switched halfway through. Good return from Bailey Dale. I'm a big Bailey Dale fan, and, and good to see him, you know, back in the park and uh, uh, adding to the Bailey rankings. You know, we, we're going to have to do Bailey Watch at some stage, but <laughs> we've got a couple... Maybe if he could, he could move his way back up the Bailey list. I don't endorse this. <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan Gardner came in for a 40. We all knew what he was pretty much going to do. I mean, we saw his averages from the VFL... He's probably going to keep his spot in the side, so maybe you could bring him in as a heartbeat after the bye. Yeah, so the, the problem is one thing I have looked at is rookies for this week, mm-hmm. and there is basically no one nope. who is coming who is playing round 13, sorry, who is playing round 12. All of them have round 12 buys. You have Brett Bewley, Ryan Gardner, Dylan Clark, mm-hmm. Griffin Loke, who will come in this week for Alex Pierce. Yeah, that's a very interesting one to look Harley at. Harley Bennell, who's very close to coming back in, and Will Snelling, who's someone I really like the look of and think he could come in. Mm-hmm. All of these guys round 12 by. So the only guys I've potentially identified as trade-down targets this way, mm-hmm. or downgrade targets, Josh Rotham, if he comes in for Hearn. For Hearn? For, for what, a couple of weeks? It's, it's yeah, it's shaky at best, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The other one, he's 240k. I think I know who this is. Isaac. Isaac Cumming, yeah. Had a really good game, and with Whitfield being out for almost a month, I really like that. So that's what I think the priority should be. Mm-hmm. The only other one I can potentially see, Patrick Nash has been doing very well in the VFL, if he gets named. Yep. But Isaac Cumming would be my number one downgrade target. If you have the ability to grab guys on the round 12 by, then purely Gardner, Clark, Snelling, Logue, mm-hmm. they're the sort of guys I'd be looking Absolutely. at. Because if you hear all those guys, there's six of them, and you think you want maybe four of them, yep. you might have to grab one or two this week. Yeah, I'd probably prioritize of those guys on their round 12 by. I would go Clark and Buley first. Clark is 290 for the round uh, Yeah, so he is more expensive. I've brought him in to my team because he's got such a low break even it looks like he's going to keep his spot in the Essendon side considering his performance on the weekend yep. and also given how many injuries they've got I don't think that John Westfall could justify dropping him at least over the next two weeks of the buys so you know when they come back after the round 12 but yeah so surely he keeps his spot in the side and also same with Buley who performed very well he's admirable for a mid 60s score has a low break even um you know, Logue should come in for um, Alex Pierce, but, you know, it's... I can't see who else would. Yeah. I, at the same time, you know, it, it might not happen. Maybe they play a small... Maybe he doesn't get named for some reason or another. So I'd prefer to wait until teams come out before bringing him in. So you could bring him in in round 13 or ahead of round 13. Same with, uh, you know, um, oh, what's the... Uh, Holly Bennell? Yeah. Uh, who, if he comes back in after the bye, that'll be bloody interesting. 
I'd, I'd bring him in in a heartbeat considering how cheap he is. Names, though. He's, he's one of the ones you wouldn't do prematurely, mm-hmm. whereas, as you've mentioned, Clark, Clark Buley, maybe even Logue to a lesser extent, yeah, and you feel a bit better biting the bullet early. Absolutely. Okay, and that was uh, most of the players that I really wanted to bring up from the Sunday games. So we're going to jump straight into your questions off of Twitter now. Uh, we've got a lot through, so uh, we'll get through these quite quick. The, the first question of the round came through from Roy O'Bannon. Says, he says, enjoy the day off, mate, because we, we, uh, we normally record this podcast on a Monday night, but it was a public holiday in WA, so we, uh, we took the day off, which was great. Um, he says, McRae, Billings, and Cripps are absolute skid marks this year. The longer I leave them in there, the harder they are to piss off. Considering the money they are bleeding, is the buys a good time to offload them? I, I like the skid mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's great. I love the skid mark. Uh, the harder it is to piss them off, I love it. Um, so, look, it the so buys the are... Three, sorry, could you go back? Yeah, McRae, Billings, and Cripps. Cripps, we mentioned previously on the pod. I yeah. would say no, simply because he has two rounds until his buy. Uh-huh. It, feels, it feels like a waste to me. It feels like... You've got two more weeks to see if he turns it around. You surely have more pressing things to do. Absolutely. So for him, he's a strong hold. But if he gives you two poor scores, oh, well, you've lost another 50K. That sucks. Mm-hmm. But then you can get him out. You have a more informed opinion. Yes. Do you agree with that? I agree with that 100%. If I had to prioritize these, it would be McRae out first. He's on the buy as well as Billings. But with, given the amount of forwards that, you know, they're all up and down, I still think Billings comes close to being a top six mid. Agreed. If McRae is playing the way he is until the end of the year, he is nowhere near a top eight mid. And given he's got the buy this week, yes, you could justifiably trade someone else in instead. If it suits your buy structure and if it suits how you want your team to look at the end of the year. If Agreed. You- I would be trying to do upgrade downgrades with your whores, your Lockhart's, yep, yep. the guys you've mentioned, instead. Mm-hmm. Because I think that McRae... Like, I still feel like he averages 100 like but, from here. But yeah, if he averages... So if he, to average 100 from here, he has to go at like an average of oh, 110 sorry, I'm just saying so. 100 from this point. So if he averages 100 from this point, that's not enough for a salary cap. It's not, right? it's but not. is it enough to be trading out this week? Yeah. Well, he's, he's on the buy, so I guess, you know, it's... He, I agree with you. He is the number one option to get rid of. Of those three, yes. yes. Um, Billings, I feel I'm very confident he'll be a top ten forward mm-hmm. from this point on because that's what we're looking at. We don't yeah. care on prior history. So for that reason, McRae, I agree with you. He's probably is he a top ten mid from this point on? No. So so yeah. he would be the priority to get rid of mm-hmm. if you had to get rid of one. Uh, and, then, and, then, and then Cripps, yeah, just yeah. Uh, he'd definitely be the last and you hang on until the buy at the very least. Make sure you're going with an informed opinion. Hope that helps, Roy. So next question came in from Craig, who says, I need to downgrade some rookies this week and try and decide between Dylan Clark and Buley for my mid-bench and Cumming or Gardner for my defense bench. I know all of the above except Cumming have a buy this week. Look, if I was doing this trade... To, if money's no issue, because obviously some are more expensive than others... It's still important. Yeah. Money comes into it. Yeah. But, yeah. I would be going... Coming would be my top priority this Agreed. week. The buy really hurts. Huge. Those other guys. Yeah. Um, and then it would be followed by Clark, Buley, and Gardner. So that would be the order I would be bringing those guys in. 
I'll go Bewley Clock Gardner. And and that's from a money point of view. 80k, yeah, that's important. Yeah, so if the money's important to you, yes, go. uh, I'm happy going coming in Bewley, that's great. But if money's not as much of an issue, I'm bringing Clark in this week for exactly what I mentioned earlier, that security, um, you know, uh, both in his job security and also he should be playing in the midfield that sort of loose tagging role, hopefully like he was on Crips. To score 100 while also keeping Crips down, that's not an easy job. No, it's not. Um, But be aware, Sheil is back. Mm -hmm. So... That could, he could be someone who misses out as a result of that. True, true. I I think it's more likely to be Parrish or Langford who loses out as a result of him coming back in. Um, next question comes from our, our good mate T Mac, who says in <laughs> he says in case you haven't already, unlikely. I know. How does it feel to be able to gloat about a whopping two thousand four hundred fifty-seven points, Christian? I mean, it feels pretty good, T Mac. It feels bloody good as a. <laughs> I uh, I just can't get over your face right now. I can't quite describe to you listeners Brody's face on the other side of the desk. You're so underwhelmed. Oh, my move God. Move on. Move on. All right, I'll move on. Uh, next question was from Matt. Oh, and uh, and Matt, my normal podcast partner, has said, please don't encourage him to T-Max. So, yeah, you did that. Um, next question came in from Matt Mottram, who's asking, how do I recover after getting Ellis over Hooli two weeks ago? And yo, last week, off, mate. You know, I think the thing is, we we gave you some of that advice. Whoa, whoa, whoa. don't lump me into this. All right, no all accountability right. whatsoever. Right. From Matt and I gave you yeah, some of that you. advice, and yeah. So Ellis, you keep in your side. We already talked about that. You hold down fourteen by, and he could bounce back with a hundred. He's been getting eighties. That's not terrible. Yeah, that's not bad for a defender. It's not great, but it's consistent. Um, yo sucks, but yo, yo, yo sucks, but he's got another week. He could bounce back this week against Sydney on the SCG. You know they like playing a tough contested game. He could get a lot of tackles against players yep. like Hewitt. Um, so yeah, I, should be a good game. I'd back, I'd back yo in this week, no question. So yeah, I don't think you have to recover too much, mate. Um, but his second question is, what do we do with our underperforming premiums like Billings, Cripps, Ellis, etc.? We talked about that earlier. Ellis for me doesn't fall into that category. Yes, he's not performing exceptionally high but he's not as bad as those guys like Billings and Chris Ellis is the biggest hold of them all 100% I hate going back to it again and again but round 14 by you get two weeks of scores and then you can move him on that's fine to move him on then but you have two weeks where you're getting probably 90 Mm -hmm. like don't stress that's pretty good no that's not bad at all uh, next question comes in from Goonbag Fantasy, still the best name in fantasy footy. You'll love it. Uh, it says, "Am I crazy to consider <laughs> Brayshaw at 580k as an upgrade target for Hayes? It worked when I got Yo in after his slow start." So, yes, Goonbag, yeah, a little bit. So obviously, you had a Nostradamus sort of prediction about Yo. You got him in at the right time after his terrible start, and you rode those highs. That's awesome. But I would need to see at least a couple of weeks yeah. of good scores. I need to see the evidence because if you bring him in, yeah, that's awesome at 580k. But all the evidence he's that you've got at the moment says he's going to come in and get you an 80 at best. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what you've got to go on. I and mean, even if you feel great about him, like gut wise, like good on you. And I like the foresight there to kind of identify him as someone who's exceptional value. Yep. Um, but doing it this week feels premature. Yeah, you. 
the, the other thing you could do, you have one more week to view what his role is, what mm-hmm. his scores are. Really keep an eye on the center bounce attendances. Yep. And then he has the buy. So even let's say he scores 120 next week. Bring him in after his buy. He'll only be 600, 610. Oh, absolutely. It's not that much more. And then you can go about it for there if you still feel really strongly about it. Mm-hmm. But doing it this week, I don't know. The buy's there. He could score poorly. I don't like it. Agreed. Personally. Agreed. So, yeah, I wouldn't be bringing him in this week, especially Goonbag. Uh, next question was from uh, Caleb St. Arthur, who says, Witherden, Gibbs, and Goldie for Johannesson, McRae, and Westoff, yes or no? So this sounds like a draft question here. Mm, okay. All right, so let's come at it. He hasn't said from a keeper or redraft, so let's come at it from both just quickly. So if you are in a one-year league... Yeah, I don't have the stats The stats on me, so it is... Uh, it's Witherden, Gibbs, and okay. Goldstein sure. for Johannesson, McRae, and Westhoff. So let's evaluate that, I guess, with the positional players yes, against each yeah. other. So do you have Witherden's... What do you think he averages for the rest of the year? I think that Witherden averages maybe 80. I think about 80. Johannesson... Yeah. Johannesson, 80 to 80, 82 to 85, somewhere like that. So yeah. you've got an improvement there, Slight slightly. improvement. Um, Gibbs for McRae. So that's the, the exchange there. So... Look, Gibbs may not even play this week. Yeah, so I don't want to cast aspersions, but there seems to be some funny business yeah, going so, on Yeah, uh, so look, I, to be honest, I don't want to be on the side of the trade that has Gibbs on it. So if you're trading away Gibbs and you're getting McRae back, as well as Johannesson and Westoff, uh, I like that trade. What's Westoff going at this year? Do you have that um, stat? I, I can bring that stat up. Question without Because I want to see, yeah, sorry, what he's doing in reference to Goldie. Because I think Goldie over Westoff is probably the biggest upgrade of the three of those, which yeah. worries me a little. Um, because I think, but I do think McRae's a significant upgrade on Gibbs, yeah. even West, with his form. Westoff is averaging 75.1. Uh, let me just compare him to Goldie. What have we got here? Goldstein. Helps if I can spell Goldstein right. There we go. Todd Very Goldstein. interesting. We need some oh, elevator yeah. music. To no, I'm, not, I'm putting so. no elevator music. I don't. I don't edit this podcast. What are you talking about? Except so, for your own emissions. Exactly. Eighty-six point five. He's averaging eighty-six point five <sighs> for the year. So that is an eleven point. Which I think increase. I, I stand by those valuations. I don't think really change the Goldstein Westoff. So mm-hmm. I view him as let's say eleven points better. Yeah, I think McRae is probably like ten points better than Gibbs, mm-hmm. and I think Johannesson's like a couple points better than Witherden. So I think it's extremely close. But it's extremely close. But with the whole funny business of Gibbs and the fact that he very well might not play, if you're willing to find, if you're on the Gibbs side of the fence and you're willing to find someone who's who will take him. I, I don't mind that trade. Yeah, so I think I'd agree with you. I think I'd probably take it, but I would be looking out for a ruck in that case because I don't like starting West off for the yeah, rest of the year. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100%. But it probably is easier to acquire or pick up a ruck than it is to get a solid midfielder it is. to replace Gibbs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next question comes in from Matt27, who asks, uh, Whitfield, Hearn, and Hoare at least have had Whitfield since round two, held him through his injury, and unfortunate for him to get hurt again. Brought in Hearn turn two weeks ago. What do I do with these three? So, Whitfield, Hearn, and Hoare. So, where's the what do I do with these three? Like, I've, I've, I've added, added that, that in. I've added that, that in. Little, no, just like, I've added that in. A little bit of help editing. him out, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I think he needs a little bit of help with yeah, those Yeah, I understand. Um, 
First off, coming. Do we agree? Yep. Hoare coming, I really like. I've done that. That's that's straight up what I'm doing if Hoare is injured. So if Hoare plays again this week, then I'm keeping him. Yeah. Uh, but if he is injured, then I'm trading him straight to coming and making about 150 or No, I think it's about 200 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, a lot. which is great. Then Whitfield, you want to hold Hearn. That would be your advice. My advice is trade Hearn. Mm-hmm. Listen to the West Coast segment if you haven't already. And we've yep. discussed that in a bit more detail. Whitfield's got to go. I would, and we both agree to Laird. If mm-hmm. you don't have Laird, is Hawley the number two option? Yeah. So I think they're both. Or they're almost tied, to be honest. If yeah. you have neither of them and you're getting rid of Whitfield, I, I could justifiably go either. And I don't mind the fact that, yeah, Hawley's in good form. You know, I, I, think, I think just either or. I think you'd probably opt for Crisp if, if you really have to go someone else. Yeah, if, if you already have both of those players, I like Crisp as the other option. So yeah. that would be someone that I'd look at. Um, but yeah, so, and, and Whitfield, yeah. So you have to trade Whitfield for me. Hoare is a, um, uh, is a trade if he is injured and Hearn, I, I think it could go either way, but if he's named as three weeks out, for example, then I'd definitely trade mm-hmm. if it's, um, rather than two weeks. Uh, okay. So, oh, Jesus, we've got a question from the bloody dating advice AFL again. <laughs> Who says, do you have any advice for Bolton or anyone separating out of a long-term relationship? How do you go about moving on? Well, normally Matt's in the studio to actually answer these questions. So, I don't think I have to answer this. And I think I can move on. Whoa, 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 whoa. I want to help this guy. This guy might have moved out of a long-term relationship. You're willing to just, like, push that aside? That's a serious I still have the feeling that this is you. (laughs) Okay, Christian. I do a lot of things. But I'm not sad enough to send myself in <laughs> questions given a little shred of dignity. Thank you very much. You just you just gotta you gotta focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta get out there, you gotta do things that are important to you, put people in your life that are important to you. That would be what Bolton's doing right now. He's a cheerful guy. He'd just be focusing on the positives. All right. Distract yourself. He loves coaching, so he loves coaching. <laughs> I think we're going to move on from there. <laughs> like, these questions come in so often. Um, all right, we've got a question from Nick, a uh, good mate of the podcast, Nick, who's wondering, what would you give up for Witherden in a keeper league? Is he a buy low in a 20-keeper, 10-man roster? Um, okay, so... What would I be giving up for Witherden? He's definitely a buy low. So Massive buy low. The coach would be a little bit pissed off with him, particularly if they are in contention at the moment. If they are in contention for a league win, they're going to be wanting someone on their park who can perform at the moment, not someone who can perform in the future. So, yeah, I'd go after him if I were you. What would I give up for him? Oh, it's really tough, and it would depend league to league as well. Um, someone like uh, Crisp? Might be an interesting one. Oh, that's an interesting offer. So, Jack Crisp or Alex Witherden? Who would you prefer? Alex Witherden is younger. Crisp has the uh, the history and, and good scoring this year. But we all know what happens with Collingwood's halfbacks and Sharonberg is coming back at some stage. I think I'd still prefer to have Crisp, probably. That's pretty um, tight for me. Yeah. So, I think that gives you a really good indication of how we still value Witherden. Mm-hmm. If you were willing, to, if we're even talking about someone who's averaging in the 90s and is a perma defender, yes, there's a bit of risk associated there. But we're willing to, well, we're thinking about doing that trade. Agreed. I would, they're probably equal for me. I would maybe even go Witherden there. Yeah. Yeah, so. for ke- This is for keepers only, mind yeah, you. Yeah, this year could be rough. The next couple of years could be rough. But I think we have full confidence that Witherden's going to be knocking on the door of a top 10 
backs for the next 10 years potentially, um, barring injury. And that's someone who I would really want to invest in. I would be willing to part with a first round pick or more for Mm -hmm. him, um, depending on how much value that has in your league. I would be looking at giving midfielders who average in the high 90s. Yep. Um, because that's a, an asset someone can use now. Whereas, you know, high 90 midfielders, they're not the most valuable things. If it's like an Ollie Wines, like a, I don't know, maybe Seb Ross. Like, yep. they're the sort of guys you could potentially get it done. People might not want to do that, but I really love the perma defenders and the perma forwards Absolutely. who are really young. Um, so hopefully that helps you out there a little bit, Nick. But yeah, it's really tough to rate those sort of guys. Um, we've got a question here, or we've got another question from Nick who's asking about the uh, top draftees from the 2018 crop, but I think we might leave that until next week's podcast, put some research in and come up with a an actual list for yeah, you there. With so the buy rounds ex- also. Exactly. It gives us some, something to talk so, about. Um, so a question here from Ryan Hinchy. Ryan, who's asking, uh, starting to lose hope on Lockie Fogarty. Do you think he has the potential to get senior games even with the emergence of Myers and Rowan? And also, do you think Scharenberg can come back and average over 80 and justify himself as a keeper in a 10-team, 20-man keeper league? Uh, okay, so first part of the question, I would be ditching Lockie Fogarty in a keeper league purely because Geelong are so good at the moment and look I think it's going to be a couple of years before he really gets in or maybe it's going to take him going to another team because they've just got so much depth so many good players um, like you say Myers uh, Rowan I, I just can't see him breaking in anytime soon mate so I'd be waiver wiring him if you can get something for him yeah if someone's a really big fan but I don't think you will mate I think you've just got to pick up someone yeah, else yeah I think he, he does have the potential to get games but I don't think he will no. and um, given the specifications that that league um, I think there's got to be better Constables out there definitely coming in before um, yeah, Lockie Fogarty. Fogarty he hasn't so. even really been in the emergencies no. I haven't heard his name pop up so I'd be ditching him even if you're rebuilding yep. if it's a dynasty league hold him yep. but this is different 20k so exactly uh, and also for Scharenberg uh, do I think he can come back and average over 80 probably not this year um, I think that he might come back in a month month and a half they'll give him a lot of time that's uh, yep. that's what his fourth ACL reconstruction third or fourth something like that yeah. um, he's a great player he's got a lot of promise but they're not going to want to risk that They'll give him enough time in the VFL, and then when he does come back, it's going to be hard to slot back in and go at an 80 average. So I think it's more likely to be a 60 to 65 average this year. And then next year, depending on how he holds up with the injury, we'll have to see again. Because he was doing very well last year. Yeah, I I kind of echo your thoughts there. Like, I think he can come back, so that's maybe... And do that, which is a bit different to you. Mm -hmm. There is that potential... But I don't think he will. I yeah. think he'd probably be about 70. Yeah. So I have a little bit higher hopes than you do. Mm-hmm. Can he justify himself with, in a 20-keeper league? He can. I don't think he will. So, no. I. If there's someone you really like on the waivers, I'd be moving him on. That was your questions from Twitter this week. Thanks so much for sending them in, everyone. And remember, you can reach us at ExtendedBenchAU on Twitter. Anytime you have a question, we're more than happy to help you out. But for now, we are going to jump straight into our favorite game of the week, which is Risk It for the Biscuit. Now, Brody, just to give you a refresher, because uh, you're back in the studio for the first time in a little while, 
the uh, the game is simple. We're looking for those guys who can come in into your draft teams for that one-week spark that you need. Whether you've got an injury, whether you've got a particularly hard matchup you're coming up against, and you need a bit of something, this is the guy that you can stream for one week who is going to get you a great score. So, uh, you obviously, you need to have under 50% ownership in Ultimate Footy. That's the bar that we have. So, these guys need to be available for most leagues. Mm-hmm. We've scrapped the second rule now. So, the second rule generally is you can't have chosen them twice. We have scrapped that because it's the buy rounds and we're really starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel. So, we can choose anyone we want that is under 50% owned in Ultimate Footy, which is great because that's what everyone out there would have the option to do anyway. It doesn't matter if they've been picked up and dropped before. That's perfectly fine. So, last week, Matt's choices, Himmelberg and Plowman, are both crosses. Didn't get anywhere near enough, unfortunately. And uh, mine also both crosses passes a bolter. So, clearly, we've got to improve. You set a low bar. So, hopefully, with you in the studio, mate, we're going to have a great score this week. All right, so... Uh, I think from memory that I've got first choice, but that could just be my bias coming in there. <laughs> I'm going to start things off by selecting a 48% owned forward from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, I'm going to go with a little Louis Taylor. Uh, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> by that reaction, you can guess who my first selection was. So oh, no. We both uh, agree on this one, at least. Yeah, yeah so, so I mean, it. he's owned by only 48% of the competition. Like I said, he's a forward. He's coming off of a 108, playing a great role. It was fantasy-friendly. It was high half-forward, but linking up. It sort of looked like a smaller version of Tom Lynch from Adelaide, to be honest, the way he was playing. Um, and, look, he's playing Carlton this week. I think you just have to load up on those guys that are playing against uh, Gold Coast that are playing against Carlton. Those are the streamable guys you want in your side. That exciting role as well just leaves me thinking he's going to have a very good score this week. So as a forward, Louis Taylor is a great option. Yep, so that's my first pick. Who are you looking at at the moment, mate? I've also gone forward. All right. 45% owned. Mm-hmm. And you just spoke to you want to play people against Carlton or the Gold Coast. Yep. I'll go with Mason Wood. All right, so you're going against Gold Coast. I am. Great so option. Mason Wood's gone in his last two games, 93 and 92. Wow. The problem is he's taken three and four goals to get there, mm-hmm. but given North's resurgence, well, not resurgence, because that actually have to be good in the first place <laughs> for it to be a resurgence, but um, look, they're playing a lot better all of a sudden. They are. If that can continue, Gold Coast at home isn't the easiest, or it, it's not as lowly an opposition as Gold Coast away. Mm -hmm. But I still think there's the potential for him to do well there. Collins is out, so hopefully he doesn't get one of their best defenders. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. That's a great option. Uh, And I've gone with the same route. And and I've got another forward. So hopefully a lot of you out there need forwards. My second choice this week, I've got Cam Zerha from North Melbourne. So coming off a great score of 88 last week, 74 the week before, so that's nice and solid for a forward too. Only owned by 38% of the competition. Tackling machine, coming up against Gold Coast. He'll get some midfield minutes, he'll get some half-forward minutes, and hopefully kick a couple of goals in there as well. Look, I think it's just the matchup. It's all about the matchup this week. You mentioned that they are a different beast at home, Gold Coast, so they do have the ability to be more competitive, but... I still think that North Melbourne players, same with um, Brisbane Lions players this week coming against Carlton, those are the players you want in your side to stream. So Cam Zerha, 
You mentioned Mason Wood before, both really good options this week from a North Melbourne forward line. Yeah, I think also what I like about Zerha, he was someone in very close consideration for my second one this week, is it is quite dewy up on the Gold Coast, and um, for that reason you'd expect him to get a lot of tackles, which is something he's shown he's good at. Yep. I've gone a very similar line of thinking for All my right. second pick. <laughs> picked someone who also is a tackle beast. I've gone with Nick Holman from the Gold Coast. Oh, great, yeah. So you're thinking, uh, I mean, it's going to be a bit of a down and dirty fight and the tackle is so. Really good. So Nick Holman's 35% owned. He is also a forward. As you can see through our selection of all forwards, the best position to stream is with the forward line. You can yep. pick against bad teams. So if there's somewhere on your team where you want to be lacking, that's the position to be. What I actually kind of liked about Holman is his last five scores are 68, 109, 49, 90, and 69, mm. which aren't like over... It's about 77, which is decent. But what I really like there is the two games on the Gold Coast where it's Dewey, 109 with 12 tackles and 90 with 14 tackles. That's brilliant. So if he's playing there again this week, it should be a contested game against North where he mm-hmm. does well. No, I love it. That's a great option. So we're looking at... Cam Zerha, Louis Taylor, and Mason Wood, and Nick Holman. So all involved in just a couple of games. But like we say, you want to stream those matchups. These should be matchup-based players. And that is our podcast for the week. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to be here and talk to you guys about fantasy footy. Brody, thanks for coming in and, uh, and having a chat with me. And uh, you'll be back next week with, uh, with uh, Matt being like on extended honeymoon. No, no, you don't, mate. You've been recruited. <laughs> um, so we will be back next week to go through the first weekend of the buys. Now, obviously, uh, it's going to take a little bit of hurts. And we're, hopefully, you've got more than 18 players in your side. But if not, try and get some extra players in for round 13 and round 14. Because you, as I said, you want to make sure that even though you want to get as many players playing, you want your team to be better than it was going into the buys when you come out of them. So hopefully your trades work out for you this week. Your premiums score big and your rookies stay on the park. We'll be back next week. Thanks again so much for joining us.